And hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Reaching and Teaching Podcast. I'm obviously your host, Robinson, and I'm joined by my co-host, Johnny. Say what's what up on? to the people. Hello, guys. And today, on? we're continuing oh, our interviewing series. We interviewed James O'Hagan. If you haven't done that, what are you doing? Go check that out. But today, we got something else different. We got a man that I accidentally called Jacob in our initial message. We got Justin Jacobson here coming through, helping us, coming through, talking to us. What's up, Justin? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're, we are we are good, yes. My apologies for calling you Jake for the initial message, but yes, he also has a Wayne Gretzky thing, so I might accidentally might call him the great one throughout this interview, but we'll and he is not opposed to that. I'm sure he isn't, so we'll, we'll go along as time goes. So, Justin, let's get started. You do you are an attorney for esports and our various other things, fashion, music, and other things, but tell us, how did you get into law and being an attorney? Well, yeah, so as you mentioned, I've always been involved in the entertainment and music business you know, my whole life. My father's an attorney, so I always kind of had the guidance there and felt like you go to law school and you kind of really acquire this really valuable and useful knowledge that can be applied in really any avenue of business. And, you know, because I focus mostly on like intellectual property and contracts and business law stuff, it just was very valuable to kind of whatever I pursued. So, you know, being a lawyer, I was able to kind of look at situations differently, you know, advise people on you know, both things I feel while also like knowing what the law is. So I know what I'm talking about. And, you know, I always kind of just feel like, oh, I'm a lawyer. Like I kind of feel confident in the situations I get myself into. How, so how were you able to combine esports and law for, for what you do for a living? Well, yeah. So, you know, I've started, you know, about a decade ago as, you know, more in the music and entertainment and sports scene, representing some professional athletes and musicians and DJs mm-hmm. and, you know, fashion designers and other creative people. And then about five years ago, I kind of, you know, I've always been a gamer, always play video games, you know, whether it's StarCraft or StarCraft 2 or 2K or Madden <laughs> or FIFA or, you know, I'm always gaming in some form throughout my life. So I mm-hmm. kind of started to understand what was going on in the scene and started to really see the level that it was getting to. You know, you had kids making six figures, you know, even some kids making millions of dollars doing it. And, at the t- that time, there really weren't that many, you know, attorneys and other professionals, and most of them that were there were really just kind of born and bred esports. They didn't really kind of come from the more traditional, you know, dealing with athletes and musicians and celebs and models world that I had come from. So I felt I can bring a different perspective and experience and just set of connections and network to this gaming world that. You know, I saw a lot of corollaries between. So I just started to work with a bunch of, you know, different esports talent agents and started to familiarize myself with talking to the players and the teams and the contracts. And, you know, from there, I just started to work on my own and develop my own client book, similar to the way I was doing in the music space, where it's like, you know, once you start reviewing these contracts, a bunch and dealing with the teams and dealing with the players, you start to get a familiarity on what should be in them, what you can ask for, what people are paying and. Just from there, I've just been working with teams and players and streamers and coaches and, you know, even casters, just really kind of handling this esports and gaming world. Uh, you kind of touched on it a little bit there about like the scene at the time. So about five, six years ago, when you kind of entered the space, can you just talk about your, from your perspective, like how the scene kind of rose up and what you were seeing at the time and how you felt like it was time to kind of jump into that space at that particular time? Well, yeah, you know, I was kind of, you know, one random Saturday just flipping through the channels and... You know, I see mm-hmm. like on TBS, Ewe, people are playing yes. Street Fighter for $250,000. And I'm like, 
I remember playing this for like 25 cents at like you know, the skating <laughs> rink. And, you know, you're making quarter million dollars playing like this. That just really kind of really opened my eyes that, you know, a mainstream network in the middle of a day on a Saturday like was – and that the level that had gotten to. And I knew it was always big in, you know, Korea and, and Asian markets. But like until I really kind of saw it like that level and that prime time in a – game that you might not think is like you know a league of legends or a dota 2 or like a starcraft one of these mm -hmm. you know more traditional towns like wow like okay like kids are becoming you know multi-millionaires overnight and it just i kind of feel like i got in at the right time when like you know it was a couple years a little bit before like ninja and drake which i felt like really kind of brought what was going on more mainstream than it was before so it was like you know, it's like I've been telling people about this Twitch thing for years now, and now they like, oh, that Fortnite Ninja Drake thing, and now they know what I'm talking about, and it's just like, you know, they're starting to connect the dots a little bit. What are those? What are those experiences been like when you when you talk to teams, talk to players, and these, and you said negotiating and stuff like that? What are those experiences like for you? I mean, it's cool. You know, it's definitely a different than you know negotiating with you know musicians and rappers and you know these producers and songwriters and their deals. But, you know, ultimately, I think that it's really important. And, you know, as the stakes raise and as this becomes more of like a profession that's accepted and, you know, there's more kind of standard rules applying to it, you're going to need more people, more gatekeepers, more people protecting the talent the same way more of these other talent driven worlds, you know, whether it's the music or movies or TV, like, you know, there's this whole professional industry protecting and assisting them. So, you know, this world is starting to develop and it's just really nice to be kind of a part of it and really understanding the need for it. And if you've seen some of these contracts that some of these people sign or that they get offered, I, I see there's been some ones I'm just like, I can't believe you signed this. Like, like how could they not be able to like, they can terminate the agreement, whatever they want, but you can't ever terminate it. Like, it just seems like it makes no sense to me, but you know, there's just a lot of, uncertainty unsophistication and really just most of these players just really happy to be getting paid to do something that they already want to do and already doing you know so they never really stop and think like oh i'm signing this two three-year deal oh there's this big buyout oh like i might become a superstar overnight because i played with drake and juju smith schuster and you know now i'm worth a lot more than i ever was so it's like that's been like the biggest thing is seeing the need for it evolve and kind of how the teams are starting to get more used to it and are almost encouraging players like, oh, you really should have someone look at this and like, you know, realize that like, especially for some of the underage kids are actually going to court so that the contract is enforceable. They're making sure that, you know, you're a 14, 15 year old kid that they're signing that, you know, you're not going to just jump ship once you become of age and they lose everything. So, you know, I think that the teams themselves are getting more sophisticated which has made the need for you know more people like me to get involved. So, just start speaking on maybe like the, for the future, you know, because I think that it's really important that when you touched upon about how these contracts need to be more understood by players, teams, and, and such, so that they can obviously have a, have a better understanding of what they're worth and their value to the team and, and how much they can make and be able to have flexibility, right? So, like, they're not out there being hung to dry by by certain organizations and teams. Um, so, do you think for the future generation coming up that maybe there should be coursework done or something put in place to where these kids can have that understanding early on so that when they actually do development to 
professional gamers and they're actually in these spaces that they can be confident and uh, understand more about what, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's essential the same way, you know, you grow up knowing, oh, if I'm going to be in the music business, I need to have an agent or like, yeah. you know, you don't even know what that is, but you know that like every TV show says, oh, I need to talk to my agent. You know what it does, but you know the concept exists or like, yeah, you yeah. know, if you're like a big basketball player, you know that there are these agents and they help you get deals and help you get the teams and it's like an accepted thing that's part of like pop culture. So I think that whether it's, you know, the educational side where you actually have classes that are like, okay, this is kind of what esports is. This is kind of the business side of it. And, you know, this is what it's at. Like, this is how you make money as a gamer. These are the streams. This is how you do it properly. And, you know, that's some things that I know I've been working on in my own, just kind of develop kind of course materials and educational stuff because the same way you have, you know, music business and fashion business and sports business concentrations at schools and you know just people interested in that is the same thing as people that are interested in esports you know maybe you're not the best Fortnite player but you like playing with them and being part of the business and doing the deals and being at the event so mm -hmm. you know you want to have a different way to get involved in the scene without actually having to be a gamer so i think there has to be an educational side so people kind of know, wow, this is what it's like. This is what you could be. You know, you could work for a team, you work for a tournament operator, you can work for a game publisher, you can, you know, work for an agency. You know, there's lots of different areas to be involved in the gaming and esports scene without actually being a player. Yeah, absolutely. I think Rob, you can touch on this. How that's kind of part of our job, right? We're we're trying to teach that those that that, that participate within the CEI programs that we run that. There's multiple things and areas within esports that you can you can be involved in, right? You don't have to be a professional gamer because obviously that is very few and far between. But you can definitely be involved in, in many areas, right, Rob? Like you know, journalism. Yeah, well, and stuff. well, speak for yourself, Johnny. I'm I'm the better player when it comes to two. Now I'm messing with you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now I'm messing with you, but yeah, you're definitely right. Like, there's other ways you want to get involved in. Obviously, I'm not I'm not ninja. I'm not. I can't I can't even fathom playing Fortnite. I played Fortnite like five times off the top of my head. Terrible, like I probably could find my my nephew's three years old. He probably do better than me. It's it's, it's terrible. That's how I, feel about <laughs> me. Like, I just I, I see this. I'm like, how can you do this? Like you do the little like I, I don't even like, know how to build. Like I'll tell you a guy for it, but I, I don't even can't even fathom the building concept. Yeah, I, if I see someone, I'll be like, yo, build just they'll 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 build build they'll be like, do it for me. I can't do it. <laughs> but uh, anyways, yeah, you're definitely right. You want to get an esports in a different way. It doesn't have to be the gaming side because it's so it's so fun and it's such a big industry to come about. It's new. It's still so it's, brand it's, new. It's like... new and Johnny, what do I say? I'm gonna say it every time I get the chance. When we when we be doing these podcasts and we see something coming up, what's the big thing? It's a growing industry. It's better to get on the wave now than be too late or be like, hey, miss out on something because you you don't want to miss out on anything like. What you're doing as a law, what you're what you're doing as a law firm representing these esports figures, and then what me and Johnny are doing, trying to rise up the industry and find possibly the next ninja, but possibly in the 2K region. So yeah, definitely. So, but why do you feel like? And you kind of you kind of delved into this early. Like, why do you think it's like so important for pe for what you do and people to? And what do you feel like people should know about it when it comes to law and esports? Because maybe so we have kids that we try to have kids that listen to this. What do you think they should really know about it and why it's so important? I mean, you got to realize that, you know, most everyone signs a contract and realistically the failure to follow what it says could lead you to issues. And, you know, there's a lot of, in addition to contract stuff, a lot of legal and business things, you know, visas and immigration, you know, tax and business stuff, 
you know, social media disclosures and FTC regulations, you know, like hashtag ad, hashtag sponsored. You know, so there's a lot of legal matters that go into just being a gamer, being a public figure and, you know, kind of advertising products and kind of being like a spokesperson. So as you go up and as you develop where it's like people want to pay you to wear your hats or to have their logo on your stream or, you know, for you to drink their water, whatever it is, you have to realize that there are laws that govern these things that, you know, you have to tell the truth and you can't falsely advertise and you have to, you know, write hashtag sponsor so people know that you're getting paid to do this thing. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, these are all these legal issues that if you don't do them right, they could get you in trouble. And, you know, as you go up the ladder and you make more money, you have more risk. You know, so if you're a superstar and you do something wrong, you can get sued and it could be for a lot of money and you're going to have to pay that money. You know, like chances are you're making some that like you're just going to have to pay to make it go away. So it's you have to really understand that this is a real business and you have to approach it like that. And the kind of companies that are involved in it now, you know, they own the Patriots and they own the Rams and they own the Cowboys. Like, you know, these are billionaires who have big pricey lawyers who are making sure that their clients are protected because that's their job. And if you don't go into these situation realizing that, you know, you're going to sign something and realize three months later, six months later, a year later, like, oh, wow, I can't believe I signed that or I wish I didn't do that or, you know, what it says here prevents me from this other opportunity. And, you know, it's just you got to know what you're signing because it is going to be in effect and it's going to have implications on, you know, really the rest of your career, depending on how you structure it. Yeah. Uh, so, Justin, like when it comes to when it comes to your law firm and you rep represent um, these figures, like and what it, what it, what goals do you have for your law firm? Like, do you want to represent the next mega esports star that's on the come up or what do you what what, what goals do you have? Yeah, I mean, you know, definitely want to continue expanding and you know, you're always looking for top flight talent who, you know, need the right advice and right guidance. And ultimately, I'm looking to try to bring a bunch of more, you know, traditional celebrities and athletes kind of into the gaming space and especially those who already enjoy it and it's part of their lives. I want to teach them how to do it the right way, get them set up on stream, get the right brand partnerships and you know, really help develop this aspect of their career because you know, if you do it right and you're engaging and you build a great brand, it will be just, you know, more valuable, especially once you're retired and you are at home and you're still in your 30s or 40s and 50s. And it's like, yeah, like I'm going to game with myself and my friends and I'm going to game with my kids. And as they get older, they're going to game and I'm going to, you know, watch them. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you can really build a unique community where you have, you know, you have your fans on the field and then you have your digital fans that love what you do in the digital and cyber world. So and and you kind of touched on it earlier with the whole uh, Ninja Drake uh, collab that they did uh, a couple years ago, and obviously now with building your brand as as potential professional athlete and, and having that kind of post playing career online. From your point of view, how do you feel about this collaboration between these two different worlds? Like I know you've worked in the music industry and, and you've worked in with professional athletes before, but like how do you feel about this whole like merging of two worlds, the entertainment world and obviously the esports world, and how some of these athletes are mixing in with you know, big time gamers and gamers mixing in with big time musicians and athletes. So to talk about like, how do you see it going in the next few years and, and what it's like right now? I mean, I love it. I mean, I'm all for it. I think that, you know, I call it the Drake formula. You get a big streamer <laughs> and a rapper and an athlete and you have them go play games together and tell all their fans that they're playing. And 
you know, you're the gamers fans like, oh, wow, I know Jamal Charles and Jamal Charles is, you know, getting dubs and having a great time playing with these guys. And it's, you know, just a good vibe and a good feeling. And, you know, that's kind of something that I've really been working on a lot with some of the talent that I've been working in, you know, in more of a development capacity. And, you know, I love the Travis Scott Fortnite thing and Marshmallow. And, you yes. know, I think that that's really the direction of, you know, it's entertainment. You know, to me, the E and Esports is entertainment. It's really mm -hmm. kind of this digital space where it's like we love music and now you can have a live concert and hear a new song with your digital friends. You know, your PlayStation guys in a party, you're dancing and having a good time in Fortnite the same way you would playing. So I think it just kind of creates like another way for you to socialize and kind of brings in these other things that's not just about gaming. You know, that's part of the culture mm -hmm. because, you know, music and art and fashion and, you know, these other more traditional entertainment fields, it's really all the same. You know, this is just like another expression, another art form and being able to share it with your friends, whether it's your in-life friends or your digital ones, it's, you know, it's amazing. I'm, I'm very happy about it and I kind of feel like it's a cross-section of what I've kind of always been doing. Like, you know, I feel like the music and gaming has really been a huge part of my life. And now it's like a huge part of my professional life. So it's, you know, pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, on your website, which is obviously, if you haven't checked it out, it's called worldwidejust.com. Uh, you have several links to uh, articles and media stuff that you've done, including 2K. Like, how did you get into that space of media writing and writing about stuff, uh, the 2K platform, essentially, which you could tell us about as well? Well, yeah, so Worldwide Just, that's like my, you know, 2K world, I would say. It's, you know, where I was able to kind of create this educational platform, really kind of focus on, you know, the comp, the competitive pro-am and 2K scene and the 2K league. And was really meant to provide insight from an industry expert like myself of how you can maybe, you know, make the league, what you can do to build your persona and following. And, you know, as someone who loves playing 2K, you know, I'm playing almost every single day and, have always kind of been part of my life throughout, you know, forever. Mm -hmm. So pretty much it's like I just kind of had a natural affinity for it. And then as I started to, you know, work in esports, I identified the 2K League as something that, you know, might make sense for me to try to work with. So started to talk with a bunch of the pro players, started to work and represent some of them, represent some of the coaches, and just really kind of, like the kid that played it at that comp level. You know, there's just a lot of similarities in the kind of games and the kind of things they like. And, you know, the lifestyle brands and the streetwear brands and the music and the hip-hop culture and the sneaker hat. Like, it just really distinguished themselves from some of the other gamers that I was working with. You know, a League of Legends or a CSGO kid probably isn't that interested in a new Supreme drop or the new Jordan, you know. <laughs> product but like i was noticing a lot of kids that were in this 2k and as you notice from in 2k they have all these brands they have beats they have you know all these unique one-off you know in-game merch collabs so it's like i just saw a lot of synergy between what i was already doing in the music world and the sports space with what brands would make sense and also, it happened to be nice that the 2K League studio was 10 minutes from my apartment. So, <laughs> you know, a quick little Uber ride over the bridge, and I was able to get home and back. So I, you know, was there most weeks of the season one and two, and I got to see the Knicks win the championship, which yeah. might be the only time I get to see a Knicks team, you know, win a championship. <laughs> yeah, so it was, take that, Rob. <laughs> so it was, exci it was exciting, you know, as a long, 
Nick, you know, lifelong Knicks fan to watch Knicks gaming win season one championship and just to see the confetti and just like, you know, Jerry Ferraro going crazy and just like, it was definitely a hometown crowd. And, you know, it was really exciting to just see the level of production that the 2K League did from the trophies to, you know, I was there for the ring ceremony the following season. Just, you know, the way that they did it was like trying to give it the level of the NBA where like, you know, mm -hmm. you have a big trophy and there's confetti and everyone like has great, you know, just a great time. And then you start off the season getting your ring and it's like, you know, like they're raising the championship banner. So, you know, I think it was mm -hmm. a really nice touch and, you know, really just drew me to the overall scene is, you know, the kid that competes in it, my love for 2K and really the production and the level of authenticity that the NBA is putting into it. So so speak upon for, for a bit, if you can, about like just the overall growth of the NBA 2K League itself. I think because myself and Rob have only been in this space now for maybe close to like nine months at this point. But talk about over the last three years, as you've seen it, the league developing, growing and expanding over to places like Gen G and with the uh, uh, with the Tigers. So just talk about kind of its growth and its expansion and uh, where you see it going uh, in the future. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, this past season, while they had to do remote play because of, you know, everything that was going on, it mm -hmm. also provided the opportunity to be on ESPN, too, and, you know, really kind of get, you know, another 30,000, 40,000 eyes and ears kind yeah. of on the league, and, you know, it really helped with exposure and PR for them and helped, you know, a bit more brands see, like, maybe the long-term value, which, you know, at the end of the day, if you're involved with something, you want it to be a viable business. So you mm -hmm. want to you want there to be interest from ESPN, you know, the top sports production networks and you know the top flight brands. And they say, okay, well, like if ESPN, who could probably put on whatever they want, decided that they would put this on, like there must be something unique here. And you know, as you mentioned with the Shanghai team operated by Gen G, I think that it was a great, you know, great move. There's, you know, 20 to 30 million people in China that play 2K <laughs> online, which is their version. So you know, there's a huge basketball following over there. And essentially, you have Gen G, who's, you know, a powerhouse in esports, especially, you know, with their soul-based Overwatch League team and just kind of being housed out there that, you know, it really made sense for that to be the first international franchise and really start opening up the league to them. And, you know, as you know, the league did a few international tournaments, one in London, and yep. I think it was one that was – you know, maybe in Korea or Hong Kong, I don't recall. And they just were able to kind of showcase a little bit of this international play and really probably show Genji what it could look like at a point in time when there's a whole international circuit. So, you know, I'm really high on the league. I've Since I learned about it, you know, when it was about to be announced and started to do my research, I really thought it was very interesting and, the end of the day the nba is you know one of the world's most valuable brands and you know they know what they're doing and you know they have all these other properties you know the g league the wmba you know stuff they're doing the overseas that you know it's definitely a good party to try to work with absolutely yeah def uh, so tell us we you talked about your passion for Tuki. Uh, what how did how did it come about like how you said Tuki was part of your entire life like how did you get into 2k1 and my second question is What's been your experiences like with 2K21 with the shot meter being broken, me and Johnny struggling on our first meeting, <laughs> and then now they just released these recently, their new, uh, the next-gen uh, gameplay. Trailer. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I vividly remember, you know, NBA Live 05 with Carmelo. That was the hey. last live game, and that was a great one. And yeah. then Live 06 came out, and it was just not that. Then, <laughs> you know, pretty much from then, it was always 2K. Like, you know, I've always been a big sports guy, so whether it's Madden, FIFA, 2K, you know, NHL, and just over the years, as, you know, real world takes over, I couldn't play all of them, and, you know, 2K was just always, you know, I guess my favorite, and, I just, you know, always love basketball, you know, whether it's playing and then, you know, playing in the digital world. So it just is like, you know, I got PlayStation, Xbox, and I just play. And, you know, 2K21, right now I'm running as a big, so, you know, I'm not uh, really shooting. It's just more of the paint than, you know, these random open misses. It's like, I'm, I don't, you know, like, okay, <laughs> like, I didn't press that. Like, why are you making me do that? And, you know, it's part of the game. And it's just like, it happens to everyone. And, you know, I think the next gen thing is going to be great. Um, I don't know how easy it'll be to get a PS5 or a new Xbox, but <laughs> yeah, you know, have you tried and struck out or? No, or? I, I I'm not even that that yeah. Like I see people okay. are like waiting for like mid, you know, like just too much horror stories on Twitter. Like eventually yeah. you'll be able to get one, and I'll get one, and you know. I, I mean, Xbox is Xbox kind of. I got to get profit. Props to Xbox. They kind of did their pre-order somewhat well. What somewhat well? Like they said, hey, it's gonna come out this time, and people got what they got. So yeah, I guess, I guess it went well. Pretty, I guess it went pretty well. Um, so, so have you been playing 2K? Have you really been into 2K throughout this pandemic? Like, have you just been dialed into 2K because especially the 2K league was going on, and then this past season with um, uh, the Washington District Gaming winning the championship, and then you got 2K21 coming right after the the conclusion of the season. Like, how dialed in have you been throughout this pandemic? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely been playing a lot of 2K, you know, and definitely have been enjoying myself. And, you know, as I said, I work with a lot of, you know, people in the 2K space, whether it's, you know, pros in the league or even coaches of some teams and just some streamers that are, you know, in that area. So 2K is definitely consistently in my vernacular. It's probably about every other word I say. And, you know, right now I want to go play 2K because all we're doing is talking about it. But, you know, I'll have to wait until later tonight to really kind of get at it. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a great game. And, you know, I've definitely used it as a vehicle in my career. And I'm excited to see where it goes. I definitely had to take a knee on this on this two game. I have too much going on. It's too much. I was I was trying to play two game the other day. I was like, Ugh. I was trying to play because I'm a big my team person. I was like, oh, this is too much of a grind. I I can't do this. There's too many games coming out. I gotta try this. Maybe I'll come back to it later, but it's tough. Um, but for let's go back to let's go back to your time with your with your, your other job as as being an attorney in the esports. What are you doing throughout a pandemic? Like how how much has that changed throughout the pandemic? I mean, honestly, it's kind of you know business as usual for the most part like you know i wasn't necessarily seeing a lot of my clients in person all the time anyway so like a lot of stuff was by the phone and email and you know all the courts kind of everything's through zoom and you know obviously like you said everyone's just gaming and there's really no live events so everyone's kind of on twitch and streaming and you know a lot of the clients that i've been saying oh you should start twitch you should get on it or like oh i started a twitch i'm on it it's like well, yeah, I've been telling you this for the last two, three years already, and, you know, it's great that you and every other musician is using it now, but, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I honestly think that you got to look for the positive in every situation. You know, obviously, it would be nice if we were able to be out there doing more things and being at events, and, you know, yeah. I know we were going to do another big OS charity event, and, 
mm-hmm. you know, when it was nicer out and, you know, it's like, oh, well, next year or the year after. And, you know, <laughs> like one day, some way we'll do it. And until now, you just kind of got to do the best with what you can and adapt. You know, that's kind of the big thing that I see is that like you got to kind of adapt and figure out what works. And, you know, it really showing a lot of companies who can really adapt and who's real and who is just, you know, not meant to succeed. <laughs> You have a question? Uh, you have something, Johnny? Or uh, I mean, yeah, just 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 talk about I guess because because of the pandemic and how everyone's kind of been infused into the working from home life and 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 more attention on their consoles and TV because they're at home. Do you see that? I mean, because we don't know when this is going to be really over. So, do you see the the business of esports and maybe just people's personal lives changing uh, for, uh, after this? Because I think that. We've seen what it looks like when we're completely shut down at home most of the time, and how the gaming, uh, inter- gaming business has kind of flourished. So, do you think that like people's personal like daily lives are going to change post uh, pandemic because of how they've seen how they be able to function with work and gaming? I mean, I don't know if necessarily people's lives, daily lives, are changed. I think like you know, most people that were gaming pretty regularly maybe are gaming more than they are, but okay. You know, I think that on the, from the business side, you know, I kind of like feel like it like proves the model. It kind of proves what a lot of people that have been involved in the industry for a long time or even, you know, the last few years have been saying, you know, this is a real thing. This is, you know, not just some fad. It's not just something that, you know, the way they love StarCraft 2 and StarCraft in Korea. It's not just like an international appeal. Like it's you know, worldwide, globally, you know, people from all ages, male, female, all ethnicities, mm-hmm. like it's, it really just transcends all walks of life. And th- the fact that there was nothing else going on and this still flourished and this was still like a hot commodity, like it really just proved to everyone that was doubting it, like, wow, okay, like you can say whatever you want to say about it. You can feel a certain way like, Oh, like if you're not playing football, you're not a real athlete, whatever, Mm -hmm. but you can't deny the viability of business. You can't deny the level of influence and the level of fandom and communities that exist and loyal fans and loyal communities. So it's, you know, it's not just fair weather fans who, you know, everyone loves the Lakers now. And where were they before they had the- <laughs> you know, you know, everyone loves- So it's just like, it's not like really a fair weather kind of fandom. Mm-hmm. So I think that now that it was like became the only game in town and, you know, for most, you know, for realistically, it is still the only game in town. And, you know, some of these leagues have kind of come back in like, you know, a very diminished capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's eight empty stadiums or, you know, only a quarter full or, you know, putting them all in a bubble and not letting them see their families to talk to anyone for a couple of months. <laughs> so it's like, you know, people are trying to deal with the best they can. But overall, esports hasn't necessarily missed that big of a beat. Yeah, it would be great to have some of these big tournaments in real life. And, you know, you could obviously the experience and fandom and all that is. But for most intensive purposes, you're still watching the gameplay on the screen. Yeah. You know, like as much as the added elements of the live crowd and the lights and the music and all that, like at the end of the day, the gameplay can still pretty be on par. You know, there's paying and delay and all these other factors. But, you know, overall, you could still play the game, you know, and I think that 
it just really kind of shows the staying power and really the strength of you know esports and the whole gaming segment of entertainment. Yeah, esports is here to stay, man. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so, for you, have 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 you ever had any interactions with any of your clients to be like, hey, get how can I get like. I see this esports industry. How can I get involved? Have you had any in- interactions with clients like that? And how, like, well, how does that make you feel? Like, did you like finally they see the light, or like finally they're getting into like what are those interactions like? Yeah, I mean, I think that ultimately there's always going to be interactions, and you know, live at the league, it's very exciting to kind of see them get really hyped about. It. Like, I was there for that big fight. That was all on like you know Bleacher Report and Barstool. <laughs> you know, so it's very excited to see people get just so hat heated and passionate and. You know, tempers fly. Uh, one more, uh, one more question for me, and then uh, Johnny. I don't know if you have any more. Um, what other, what other work has been your personal favorite, or something you want to pursue in the esports world, or in your in your attorney world as well? Well, yeah, you know, I really love seeing you know the musicians and talent that I work with you know, performing live. Like it was amazing. You know, last you know last Labor Day. I went to Electric Zoo and I got to see one of my clients like perform live on the main stage. And it was, you know, just so amazing because it's like, you know, you're doing these contracts, you hear the music, you see the videos and you see like what's going on. But like until you're like really there and it's like, oh, wow, like it was the girl I've been talking to for six years now. And now she's, you know, rocking out to 30,000 people and like fireworks and steam. And it's just like, you know, it's like an amazing thing to like yeah. you know, see the, the kind of the transformation and. You know, something that, you know, I had done a few years ago that, you know, I was really proud of is you know, I did this big charity event with, you know, Rashad Jennings when he was on the Giants and we raised a couple thousand dollars for his charity. And, you know, we had like 25 professional athletes there. So it was like, you know, Jets and Giants and Knicks and, you know, some former retired players. So it was just it was just like an amazing atmosphere that like you're able to bring all these people together on like a random Monday night. And it was just like. You know, it's just like there was just so many NFL players everywhere that there was just no space for like it was just like all the tables were just like them dude just hanging out like throwing the football around just watching <laughs> football and it was just like an amazing thing that you know he was able to bring a bunch of his teammates some of my connections and you know it's something that I always kind of like look back at of like wow like I really kind of brought that all together and you know it was all for like a really good cause and you know at the end of the day that's always a nice thing and you know, what brought me to CEI and helping them is that it's always nice to be in a position to help others and to kind of use your network and your connections to really just brighten up other people's lives at the end of the day where there's no other gain other than that, you know? And I think that ultimately that's something that I want to keep focusing on. And that's something that, you know, is important to me. And that's why, you know, I try to do as many podcasts and panels and speaking engagements as I can, because, you know, if anyone wants to talk to me, I'm always willing to talk to them. <laughs> you know, especially when it's about this kind of stuff that I enjoy. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, you talked about uh, you're working with CI, which which was this this was before me. Uh, all full disclosure, Johnny, you worked with you, Johnny worked with Justin at the Battle of the Boroughs last year. Yes. This, for, how like I I know I know I know what that feeling that you're talking about. Like when you see like, hey, we I help I help make this possible. Like I I contributed to making this, and it's a cool feeling. Just talk about um. Johnny, just talk about like you can speak to this better than me. Just talk about what that what that what that time was like when you did the Battle of the Burrows with Justin. You saying, "Hey, I helped make this happen with all these kids and inspire them to get into the esports world." Um, I mean, it was a great experience. Uh, that was my probably first official you no know, event with CEI at the time, and 
um, you know, just seeing how the work that was put into that event and to see it kind of come to life was amazing. I mean, you, you saw, I think, you know, Justin can speak on it too, that you saw the smiles in these kids' faces. Um, they really had a great time just competing and enjoying time and spending time with one another and just gaming. I think that that in the, the grand scheme of things for all of us who are big fans of gaming is that like, at the end of the day, it's just pure fun, right? Like it's just pure soul fun that I think whether you're 10 years old, 30, 50 years old, that you can always find that inner kid in yourself when you're older and, and the kid that you currently currently are, you can just have a good time just playing the game. And you don't really need to know anything about the other person either. You can just kind of just play. And so it was really fun just to help these kids out and, and, and kind of get them to be, you know, really involved in, in, and see the, the benefits of, uh, you know, a long season that they had up to that point. And then obviously, you know, having it all pay off with a, with a champion at the end. But yeah, just, I mean, like, uh, like you said, like it's just a really good feeling to have when you're knowing that you're doing something really good and that the, the benefits are just solely just watching people just have fun and have a good time. Yeah. You know, kind of building off that was, you know, we had about 64 kids competing in a 2k tournament and we had some mm -hmm. prizes from HyperX and we had some yeah. food and, and I got some players to sign some stuff to auction off and, you know, we ended up raising a bunch of money to help, you know, give back to the program and, give this really cool experience at this, you know, amazing venue. Shout out to OSNYC. Shout out to like, it's a great place. You know, I know right now it's, you know, tough for live venues in general, but, you know, they were amazing and really kind of went above and beyond. So, you know, we hope that we'll, we'll be there doing an event soon and fingers crossed, you know, continue fingers crossed. to bring, you know, unique experiences and, you know, supporting the community. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great point. I think that's a great way to uh, end this. Unless John, you have any any more questions? Because I know in our last interview, accidentally, <laughs> I we ran out of time, so you couldn't I, get. Any no, questions. no. I mean, just I just want to say thank you. I mean, Justin, you're doing amazing work, my guy, and I think that um, you know, we need more people within the space to kind of just help educate the the, the younger group com coming up, and also just kind of impact a lot of these people's lives in in a positive way, right? And so I think the work you're doing currently uh, within the, the law space and, and the esports space is, is brilliant and Hopefully it continues and it keeps expanding. Well, yeah, you know, I thank you. I appreciate you guys for having me on. And you know, as I tell everyone, you know, definitely follow me on Twitter, Justin J E S Q. My DMs are open. So if you ever have a question, <laughs> you know, always <laughs> drop on in, you know, Justin J E S Q. And you know, as they mentioned, Worldwide Just is kind of my 2K world. So if you're interested in 2K League or the competitive pro am scene or, you know, even what's going on, make sure to give that a follow and you know, check it all out. If you want to, you can call him the great one as well. He told me this. <laughs> he, he told me this before we recorded. I mean, I'll never argue with it. You, <laughs> <know>. <laughs> you can call him. He has. He's a big Wayne Gretzky fan, ladies and gentlemen. If if you if you when we were emailing his his icon picture was is a Wayne Gretzky jersey that has I believe has an autograph on. Is this yours? I mean, I have the jersey that, but no, no autograph. One day, right? If you're out there, Wayne. <laughs> I got one the day. jersey. I just need your Hancock. <laughs> Yo, Wayne, if you're listening, Wayne Gretz, if you're listening, come on, help my man Justin out, man. Sign the jersey. It's, right. it's funny because quick little me and Johnny were having we'll, we'll wrap this up right now. But me and Johnny were talking the other day, like, is out of all the four main team sports, is Wayne Gretzky the greatest of all time out of the four major sports? It was between him and Jordan, and I think I know where you're leaning. <laughs> I mean, I just think that it's like who else equals him? Like, you know, and like think about how hard hockey is. You're doing crazy stuff on ice mm. on a blade. Like I don't know if any of you ever tried to ice skate or play hockey. Yes. Like, like it's it's tough. It's a definition of multitasking. Like you're legit 
like playing the sport, but you have to focus yeah, like, on ice running on ice <laughs> on like a, a blade. Uh, avoiding people trying to, you know, take your head off by <laughs> checking it. So it's, you know, so to all those hockey players out there, we, we got respect for you. Salute. Salute to the hockey players out there. Oh, uh, yeah. So that'll do it for this edition of the Reaching Nutrition Podcast. We thank you again, Justin, for coming along. This is a great interview. Uh, really fun things to learn about, especially with law, because it's not something that's talked about as much in the esports world. So thank you again for coming on, guys. If you haven't subscribed yet, Go look out for us, Reaching and Teaching Podcast on wherever you get your podcast, wherever platform you check it out. And you're missing out on a lot of good stuff. You could check out our interview with James O'Hagan. You could check out of the trivia me and Johnny duped it out. It was a terrible performance, but somebody had to win. Uh, so, yeah, and we'll see, we'll, we'll see you guys soon. So take care, guys, and, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs>